Kelsey, and you're listening to Hobbits at Heart. Welcome oh. back, everybody. Here we are once again. <laughs> I feel like chapter three was so long ago. I know. I don't know. Maybe since we're doing it every other week instead, but I just feel like in particular this week or this break, I should say, has felt longer. Yeah, I know. Well, I think we've both been really busy the last week or so, so yeah. I guess it makes sense. It just feels like that was so long ago. I know. When you texted me like, we should probably pick a time to record, I was like, is it that time already? Oh my I goodness. Know. <laughs> I know. Where is the time going? It goes too fast. <laughs> you know what, though? Not to get on a whole tangent, because I know we said we were going to try and not to be on <laughs> too many tangents. Like, this episode will be short. <laughs> An hour and a half later. No. Go ahead. Please. Oh I God. love tangents. You know that. Um, I know you do. Um, so today I was just having a conversation with my roommate about how like I blinked and like we're basically quote unquote back to normal like life wise. Right. You know, like two years ago we were only a, a month or I don't know two weeks into quarantine because it's coming up on my Instagram like two years ago you posted this oh and it's just God. me like making puzzles and staying indoors and all that stuff and during that time we all like couldn't wait to be where we are today but now that we're here today I'm like this happened this all happened right I'm not going crazy like it's it's such a weird feeling to kind of like be reminded of it but also it's been two years I don't know no, that is – I agree because my sister was just saying she um, she was signed up for, like, the safe vaccination uh, check-ins or whatever. So she would, like, answer questions every so often about her vaccine. Mm. And she was like, well, I just filled out my last one. I guess it's been a year since I got vaccinated. And I was like oh – I, like, I feel so torn between, like, that was only a year ago and also, like, wow, a year – it was a whole year when yeah. we were all getting vaccinated for the first time. Right. And that was even a year into the craziness. Yeah. And I think it's crazy because some people act like it didn't happen at all. I know. I know. It's, it's like, so oh weird. <laughs> I was I was heading out to the uh, grocery store today and it's like the one near my place is like a really small little market. And I was like telling my roommate, like as I grabbed my mask, like I, I still need my mask, right? I had like, the same thought. I don't know. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> Do I not? I, I put it on anyways because I was today. like, I would just rather be safe. But oh. Yes. I think like I went grocery shopping today and I went to Grocery Outlet and um, Trader Joe's. And I think I was one of like three people wearing a mask still. Yeah. But it's weird. Like I'm just not thinking about COVID every single day. Anymore. I know. I was when we had Omicron and now I'm like kind of waiting for this next one that's coming. If it does. Yeah. Which sounds bad, but I mean, I know. right now I'm like, okay, let's enjoy it. <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, with Omicron, I was checking the LA Public Health Instagram like almost every day because they would post like the daily count numbers. Mm-hmm. And I was checking it almost every day because I was like, where are we at now? Where are we at now? And I honestly haven't checked it in a week or so. But last I yeah. checked, we were only, well, only at 1,000. We were at like 45,000 before. So, wow. Yeah. That is a big difference, which is encouraging yeah 
Oh, crazy. Anyway, sorry to like start this off with like COVID stuff, but it's just like this podcast came out of COVID and I just am feeling sentimental today, I guess, or nostalgic. Yeah. Well, I thought about that too, actually, when I realized that we needed to schedule this because yeah, back in quarantine, it was just a very different experience. Mm-hmm. watching the films and recording it was like the one exciting thing I had going on that week yes and I had <laughs> time know? to literally watch these movies oops sorry I just hit my thing I had time to watch the movies like more than once mm-hmm. and now I it's had like so much oh, time. gotta read the chapter really quick <laughs> I yeah literally read the chapter three hours ago not even two and a half hours ago here we yeah. are yeah yeah no I think it's it's interesting to like to reflect on COVID because it's something that every single person in the world experience like there is mm-hmm. not a single person who didn't go through some level of covid pandemic something or other so which despite all the things that that uncovered it did give me a sense of unity with you know places and people that i've never felt that with before so that's mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. but i don't want to go down the dark deep side of that conversation yeah. so but um, yay, here we are now. <laughs> still, our podcast still going strong. So that's I good. know, I know. And I just love it so much. I love that, like, it just feels like a normal thing now. I don't get, like, as, well, I, this sounds cheesy, but I used to get so nervous before we would record. And now I don't. I'm still, yeah. I still care about it and I'm excited, but I'm just like, oh, yeah, we got this. Another week of recording. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Just yeah. part of the routine. <laughs> I know. Well, let's jump on into this chapter. Yeah. All right. I will kick us off. So here we are with (laughs) chapter four, Overhill and Underhill. There were many paths that led up into those mountains and many passes over them, but most of the paths were cheats and deceptions and led nowhere or to bad ends. And most of the passes were infested by evil things and dreadful dangers. Da-da-da. Ooh, I have to say, Lindsay, great job, first of all. You really set the mood there with that. Um, I don't know. Did you listen to the audiobook for this chapter? I did. Okay, as did I. And for those of you that are listening that also listen to the audiobook, this section immediately, the narrator, or I guess I don't know what to call the voice actor, (laughs) um, changed his voice to a much lower, like, creepy like yeah. I was like Ominous. oh my god is this a different person like what the heck and then I was like uh oh this chapter we're gonna be in for it because yeah it's very ominous he he um did a very good job of setting the tone simply with his voice so way to go sir yeah you know I've had so many people since we started recording this send me that Andy Circus has an audiobook and I've seen clips of it my brother just told me about it but is it for the Hobbit or is it Lord of the Rings I think it's Lord of the Rings. Actually, yeah, I don't know if it's for The Hobbit. I'm pretty sure it's Lord of the Rings. And I also don't know if it's one of those ones you have to pay for, where oh. this one's full free on Spotify. But, you know, I'm curious to listen to it because, I mean, it's Andy Circus. I mean, freaking love Andy Circus. Yeah. My brother texted me like, oh, I, you probably already heard this, which made me feel good because it means he thinks I'm a Lord of the Ring fan now, which I am. And um, Lord of the Ring. Why did I say that? <laughs> Singular. <laughs> I was just going to not acknowledge it. I know, but like we made eye contact and I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Hello, I'm tired. It's Friday night. Okay. Um, Anyways, he got really excited and told me about the Andy Circus version, but I haven't had time to look it up. Me neither. 
One of, a, one well, of these days we will. Wait, let me just see. Andy Circus audiobook. Although he did send me uh, Andy's uh, full name. He was like, you know Andrew Circus from Lord of the Rings? And I was like, said a non-Lord of the Rings fan. I know. I have never, ever heard him be referred to as Andrew. Yeah, it was funny. Um, Two Towers, Return of the King, Fellowship of the Ring. There is a Hobbit version. <gasps> ah, do you have to pay? <laughs> it's twenty seven ninety nine on Audible or free with a thirty day trial. Mm. There's a sample. Should I play the sample? Can I do that? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think so. It was often said in other families that long ago one of the Took ancestors must have taken a fairy wife. That was, of course, absurd. But certainly there was still something not entirely Hobbit like about them. And once in a while, members of the Took clan would go and have adventures. They discreetly disappeared and the family hushed it up. But the fact remained that the Tooks were not as respectable as the Bagginses. Oh, oh I love my it. gosh. Oh, that oh just my made gosh. me so happy. Oh, we just literally stared at each other with open mouths like <laughs> <laughs> while listening to that. That was so good. Uh-oh. That was. Uh-oh. I wonder if it's. Oh, my gosh. These are expensive. Mm-hmm. What? I'm sure they are. $38? $42 for fellowship. Why? Why? Andy Circus, I guess. I don't know. They got to pay him. <laughs> well, they all, all four books have five stars, so. I'm sure it's amazing. Wow, Actually, I'm so glad we Googled that. I know, me too. I listened to one of the audiobooks on Audible. It was like, I forget who did it. It was, oh, this is not important. This isn't interesting if I don't know who it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. <laughs> oh, we're God. on a roll. Here we go. Okay, so as we were saying, this um, chapter starts very ominous and like, but also like dreary, like, uh-oh, what's yeah. going to happen? And um, guess. Do you have to make all of that noise? I don't know. Can you hear that? Yeah. (laughs) My roommate's cat is walking on the table I'm on, making it creak. Can you jump down, please? There we go. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you can definitely tell that reading this, like, something is about to go down. Uh, But one thing that I was really picking up on in this chapter when I read it last night that I really enjoyed was just once again... Tolkien's beautiful and brilliant writing and how he makes he like personifies everything in the world to make it feel like the world is alive so the first example I have of that is um, he says boulders too at times came galloping down the mountain sides and I was just like huh boulders galloping down the mountainside like as if they're alive as if they're horses uh, and then a little bit further down that page the silence seemed to dislike being broken. And, you know, again, personifying mm-hmm. the silence that it dislikes being disrupted. You know, I was just like, ah, I love this. Like, this is why I freaking love Tolkien. His writing is so great. No, I completely agree, agree with you. And sometimes when he writes that way, I'm I'm like, wait, so are these boulders magical or? <laughs> <laughs> like, it confuses me. I'm like, dude. Do these inanimate objects now have a mind of their own or? (laughs) 
And I guess we don't really know now. We'll never know. Mm -mm. But um, I agree with you. And I think there was a lot of great detail in this chapter um, in particular because it really did. And well, great detail in addition to the audiobook. I have to say throughout this entire chapter, combining both things because I read it and listened to it at the same time, I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I feel like I'm there. I can picture the whole thing. So the combination of having the sound there too really did help. Yeah. And then actually my next note kind of ties into what we opened up this episode with. Huh, that worked out perfectly. <laughs> Perfect. Because um, my next note is when Bilbo thought, you know, the summer is getting on down below and haymaking is going on and picnics and they'll be harvesting and blackberrying, you know, reflecting on the Shire. And mm-hmm. I don't know why when I read, or actually that's when I, I was listening to the audiobook when I heard that, it made me think of the beginning stages of COVID and yes. how I would do those things of, oh, it's, you know, Easter, I would be having mimosas with my with my family or, oh, it's this day, like normally I'd be doing this and just uh-huh. missing that. No, weirdly, same. Uh, really? Like I thought the same thing. Yes. Wow, that's so funny. Yeah. No, I thought the same thing because it's like you're thinking of what you would want to be doing, what's comfortable to you and what you're used to be doing in, you know, at that time. Normal times. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We're That's just so like funny. on the same page today, Lindsay. Get it? Like page. <laughs> we're on page, page 56. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm tired. Yeah. <sighs> Okay, so a little bit further down that page is when the, like, thunder and lightning storm really kicks into gear. And let me tell you again, with the sound effects of the audiobook, I was in it. I was invested in this thunderstorm. Um, and I love the line when they said, well, at the right at the beginning, all was well until one day they met a thunderstorm, more than a thunderstorm, a thunder battle. Again, personifying the thunder as if it's fighting against other thunder. Or itself, who knows? You know what I mean? I don't know what that thunder's got going on in its mind. <laughs> I was thinking, because they do describe this storm pretty, in a lot of detail. And I think at one point, Bilbo says that he's never, like, seen thunder before or lightning. Mm-hmm. You can't see thunder, but you can hear it. Um, he's never experienced a thunderstorm before. And I just think, how terrifying to be at, like, an adult age-ish. I don't know how old Bilbo is. I think he's an adult. Old enough. Yeah. Yeah. And to this be your very first thunder and lightning storm to experience. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would be I would terrifying. think it's like the apocalypse or like the end of the world. Like, that would be so scary. Yeah. And I agree. I love how he said that, you know, the storms came up from the east and the west and they were making war. Like, it does make you think of, like, this just crazy, intense mm-hmm. thunder battle. <laughs> yeah. Thunder battle. That's what it is. Yeah, that would be super scary. I mean, I love thunder and lightning because I live in Southern California, so it rarely happens. But yeah. as a kid, I used to be really scared of it. Yeah, I mean, I used to be kind of afraid of it, but my mom grew up in like the Midwest, I guess. Like Missouri. Is that the Midwest? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, sure. And so when we were, she's very used to those storms. So when we were younger, she would roll up the garage door and have us sit with her like in chairs in the garage and like enjoy it. And she was like, oh my gosh, look at this. And we're like, oh my God, this is so scary. (laughs) But I learned to like them. And so now whenever there's a storm, I call my mom and I'm like, mom, go outside. It's cute. 
Oh, that's cute. I love that. Yeah. I love that story. Yeah. Thanks. Well, uh, I can tell you that Bilbo and the dwarves were not thinking this was cute. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, sounds absolutely terrifying. And then um, I just wrote next to the part about the stone giants that were out mm-hmm. hurling rocks at one another for a game. Um, I just like, I don't know. I've always been slightly fascinated by this ever since I first read it when I was a kid. Just like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. I don't know. There are these giants out throwing boulders back and forth like a game of catch. And then I was always like, are they causing the thunder? Are they doing it because there's thunder? Like, uh-huh. is there a correlation there? Or are they just having a good well, time in the rain? Yeah, <laughs> that was my thought. Like, can they only come out? In this weather? Because we haven't seen stone giants yet, right? No. Is that what your picture is, by the way? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I thought. Her picture is from the movie of stone giants. Stone but in my brain, I pictured them like in Frozen 2, the stone giants. Have you seen Frozen 2? I have, but I'm trying to remember. Okay. Remember how she's... Okay, spoilers for Frozen 2. Um, remember how she's like running to the bridge and the she's getting the like... Fr- the giant stone giant to like chase her and stuff. Oh to yeah, break the bridge. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're in the water, and one of them like snores. Mm-hmm. That's what I pictured. Uh, but I was like, we haven't really seen these yet, so I wasn't no. sure what the lore is actually about I, stone giants. Yeah, I don't know either, and I'm sure again there is some lore, but I mean, this is the only time we really see or hear of them in the hobbit or lord of the rings so i i, I like it off. i know <laughs> justice for trolls and yeah. uh, a giant battle trolls. <laughs> trolls. so I, i'm gonna say <laughs> at first when i read it for some reason in my brain it i thought it meant the stone trolls like came back to life as mm. stone if that makes sense for this and i was like william and then i was like Oh no, it's giants. It's not the trolls. <laughs> oh, William. I know. I'm gonna look at trolls differently forever now. Like anytime I watch Lord of the Rings, I'm gonna be like, "Don't little troll." I know. <laughs> it's not their fault that they're evil. I know. Oh my gosh. I have to say, ever since we <laughs> recorded that episode with Steven, I just keep thinking now about Gandalf being the drama, and it makes yes. me giggle every time <laughs> I think about it. So there were a few parts in this chapter where I just wrote drama. Yes, <laughs> me too. <laughs> so the first one here, um, I mean, I guess this isn't really drama, but it's Gandalf being a little bit dramatic. You know, he said he was, um, he said to Thorin, well, if you know of anywhere better than take us there, said yes. Gandalf, who was feeling very grumpy. Yes, I I wrote that one down as well because he's just like I could just picture the the tood, you know, the attitude yeah. that goes with it. Yeah. And later, just a little bit later, when Feely and Keely went to explore the caves or to find somewhere to hide from the weather, and they came back like we found a dry cave, and <laughs> Gandalf's like, "Have you thoroughly explored it? <laughs> like, uh, are you sure it's fine? Because you weren't gone for very long." You know. He's kind of like a dad or like a parent. Like, did you do your cho- Did you properly clean the kitchen? Like, right, right, right. Are um, you sure you did it all? Right. I just loved those moments. And yeah. I'm so glad that we've established this like trait, character trait about Gandalf. Because now I can't unsee it. I know. 
Same. Um, I also thought it was really funny um, when they sent Philly and Killy to go look for shelter. And then parentheses, he says, when everybody could see that it was absolutely no use sending Bilbo. <laughs> I, I must have missed that. Yeah. It just made me laugh. And I just it, I pictured Bilbo as like a wet rat, like <laughs> tiny and scrawny and like everything matted down and just absolutely Ew. miserable. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah this is i missed that sentence that is so funny yeah and then it gets confusing kind of not confusing but like riddle-ish where it's like there's nothing like looking if you want to find something you certainly usually find something if you look but it is not always quite the something you were after and it's like oh gosh yeah that very <laughs> what is this life lesson right here in page 58 <laughs> i know right just just gonna sprinkle that in there i know <laughs> life lesson for you thanks tolkien i know but that made me think of um you know bilbo's famous birthday party speech like i like half of you less than half as well mm. as i don't actually know you it deserve i should know that i yeah. feel like i should know that like by heart but i don't um it made me think of that yes yes me too um, well, after this, they end up finding the cave, and it's, like, just big enough for all the ponies and everybody, and Gandalf does check to make sure that it's good, and he's like, okay, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Or is it? Or is it? I don't know. Bilbo thinks otherwise, or at least his subconscious does. Yeah. Uh, before they go to sleep, um... I just I I thought it was cute again the the conversational part of the book um, where it says Gandalf lit up his wand as he did that day in Bilbo's dining room that seems so long ago if you remember and just like that little like if you remember remember back in chapter one (laughs) right yes and it makes me feel like someone is reading this book to me or Mm -hmm. telling me a story which I like So they found this cave, which Gandalf says seems very safe. Okay, Gandalf, you said it seems safe. Just saying. No. Just saying. <laughs> I don't know why I'm all putting all the blame on Gandalf, but <laughs> <laughs> because he's literally a wizard and these I know. people are dwarves and a hobbit. Clearly he to use a D&D reference, which I know you don't play D&D, but when you play D&D, you can like do a perception check to see if you know if there are any traps in the room. And clearly, Gandalf failed his perception check. Just saying. Um, <laughs> but they're, before they go to bed, you know, it says that there's blowing smoke rings, which Gandalf turned into different colors and sent dancing up the roof to amuse them. I just, again, feel like Gandalf likes all of the attention, you know. He's like, here, mm-hmm. let, me, let me play with these smoke rings. Got to get some attention. <laughs> um, but the part that I had a question for you about, Kelsey, because they say that they start reminiscing or thinking about what they're going to do with their treasure once they get it, because at this mm-hmm. moment they feel certain they're totally going to get the treasure. And it kind of made me think about winning the lottery. <laughs> like, Oh, my gosh. You know, people fantasize, like, what would you do if you won the lottery? What would you do if you found this treasure? So I was curious, Kelsey, what would you do if you won the lottery? <laughs> oh no oh no i don't i have never thought about this ever really yeah i don't know i'm just like not a materialistic person Lindsay. i don't know (laughs) i don't know it stresses me out that's like a huge decision and so i'm like well i'm never gonna win the lottery so i don't have to know the answer to this question that's true but right now if i were to get a large sum of money i would pay off my student loans and my car loans and my loan for my parents. <laughs> so pay off parents. all the loans. Yep, pay off all my loans. 
And um, yeah, that's more detail than anyone needed. Sorry about that. Um, that's okay. I would pay off all of my loans and then I don't know. I'd probably want to go on a trip somewhere. I'd I don't know. I don't know. Would you keep working? Would you quit your job? No, like, I wouldn't quit my job. We're talking like the lotto, like millions, billions, <laughs> multiple zeros. <laughs> oh my god. I've I'm getting anxious. I've never thought about this before. Okay. Okay, okay. I don't want to I don't, I don't think make you I would qu- No, it's okay. I don't think I would quit. But it would be nice to I do love my job, so the thought of doing it without doing it just to get paid, you know what I mean? It's like give adds more joy back into it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I could really be a freelance makeup artist then because then I wouldn't have to worry about paying rent at all. That's true. Right now I can't really do that because. Yeah. Oh, I would get my own place. Ooh, yeah. Maybe we, maybe I'll have one roommate. Oh, <laughs> I would get a nice place to live, I'm sure. Yeah. That'd be That's nice. a good one. What would you do? Um, I would absolutely quit my job. Not that I don't <laughs> like my job, but I do not dream of labor. Uh, and I would love to be able to use my time to do the things that I really want to do, which is like volunteering, being involved in the community, like I would want oh my to god! I sound like a terrible person. <laughs> no, oh yes, I would definitely donate some money. <laughs> I didn't say I would donate. I would donate my time. Yeah. Okay, that's um, true. That's true. I would probably. <laughs> I think the first thing I would do would be like call like a financial advisor and be like, "Yo, where do I put this money? Mm-hmm. Where it's going to be Let's safe? Invest. Yeah, invest, but not invest in like the oil or anything like that. You know, invest no. in some good things." <laughs> Listen to us talking about investing money. I know. We totally know what we're talking about. <laughs> the oil. The um, oil. Not like the oil, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because the oil is just the, the thing oil. you can invest in. I feel oh like everyone invent like, that's why, like, people don't want to get rid of fossil fuels because all of the billionaires are invested in the oil industry. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was just really enjoyable. <laughs> okay. What else? Um, I want to know what else? But I think above all, like, okay, first thing, call a financial advisor. Second thing, quit my job. Third thing, go on, like, a world trip. Like, visit every, not every country, but, like, I don't know. A lot. Go all over Europe, Africa, everywhere. Every continent. Mm -hmm. I just want to see everything. Uh, That would be amazing. Oh my gosh, I want that for you. I know I want it for me wow. too. Too bad I never ever try to win the lottery. I've never bought like a lotto ticket or anything like that. But I also feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm too sus- um, suspicious, too superstitious. Like, I feel like I would just get bad luck for the rest of my life if I won that much money. Mm. Have you watched Lost, Lindsay? That's true. I did, and I love. Have you it. watched Lost? Gosh, that show is so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anyways, wow, that's a good. That's a good question. Thanks. I kind of forgot when we were reading when I was reading that sentence. I kind of forgot that there was like a monetary treasure that they're after. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just kind of like they're on a trip. <laughs> it Going reminds you of the end. You know, the light at the end of the tunnel. So that's nice. Yeah. The tunnel. The tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, help us. Okay, guys, if you didn't listen to season one of our podcast, then that makes no sense. So go back and listen to it. Yeah. A little plug there. Um, <laughs> that was a very demanding plug, though. It wasn't like, you should go listen. It was like, go listen. <laughs> or just watch Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I was going to say, this is a much more lighthearted adventure, though, than, like, you know, like, poor Frodo has to, like, save the world, and Bilbo's just like, I'm going to go get some treasure. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree with you. And granted, I haven't read Lord of the Rings, but there is more comedic moments in this book than I expected there to be. Yeah. Specifically when reading it. Like, I don't know if those things will translate into a movie, but, or three movies, or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. Good. Yeah. I, that's why I love this book. Yes. Um, so this next part, man, Lindsay, I was like, uh oh, buckle up. Also, last episode when I was talking, I was so obsessed about Gandalf's horse and everything. <laughs> and you were like, don't look anything up. <laughs> well, now I know why. Because bye-bye to the ponies. Not yet. But when they said, and that was the last time that they used the ponies, packages, baggages, tools, and paraphernalia that they had brought with them, I was like, shit, already we're losing the ponies? I know. Not the ponies. I know. Don't worry. At least we didn't get their names, like Bill. I know. And I wrote, I think I wrote down at one point, like, well, that for sure isn't Shadowfax. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, that answers, answers that my question. question. Yeah. yeah. After that, Bilbo has a dream that is pretty scary. He's, like, having a nightmare about a crack in the wall getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then he wakes up and realizes that it's actually happening. And let me tell you, while listening to the audiobook during this section, this is the part where the noises were going so crazy. Like, they added goblin, like, <laughs> like, little laughing and noises. And, like, just, like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Just noise. Like, literally just noise. So it kind of made you feel anxious and, like, uh-oh, what's happening? And it just built and built. And then it says that he woke up just in time to see the last of the pony's tails disappearing into the passage, which made me really sad. And at first I thought, Oh, the ponies found a passageway. I was wrong. Yeah. It's very tragic. <laughs> it's very sad. I know. I was like, oh, no, there's goblins. Okay, this yeah. is cool. Goblins. This yeah, is here we go. <laughs> I'm actually really glad that you talked us through that because I was reading it wondering, like, I wonder what Kelsey is thinking as she's reading this. So now I know. Well, I'm like, oh, my God. The caves are magical. The the the, Like, I'm trying to picture... I'm curious how they did it in the movie because I'm trying to picture like how this crack in the wall appears and gets bigger. Like are the goblins here's the, in my brain, this is what I'm asking, I guess myself, if the goblins are like hitting it and like breaking it open or if it's actually like magical kind of doorway in, cause they said it's their porch. So I don't know how they just have control over the rocks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I actually don't remember how it is in the movie, to be honest. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, th- I, f- I think this is their normal way of luring people in. So they probably have some some special way of opening and closing that cave door. Oh, yeah. Oh, Kirsten's here. Sorry, everyone. In case you heard that doorbell, 
we had a quick visit from Kristen, my best friend. So she says hi. Okay, Lindsay. Jumping back in where we left off, um, we figure out that goblins actually live in this cave. Surprise, surprise. And it says, out jump the goblins, big goblins, great ugly looking goblins, lots of goblins, before you could say rocks and blocks. <laughs> I could have said that with a better, like, canter to it, but I just like that. Before you could say rocks and blocks, they were all there. Yeah, and then later it says, uh, and they were all carried through the crack before you could say tinder and flint. Yeah. Yes, I was like, what is this? Like a, a saying? <laughs> I know. People go around saying, Tinder and Flint. <laughs> he walked by so fast before you could say Tinder and Flint. <laughs> what is the common phrase before you could say? I think it's like you just like snap your fingers type of thing. Before you could. There's not a phrase like before you could say, gee willikers. I don't know. <laughs> golly. Gosh, golly. Before you can. Before you could say abracadabra. I don't know. Before you can say Jack Robinson, have you heard that? What? That's, no. That's what my phone dictionary is saying. What is the meaning of the phrase, before you could say Jack Robinson? Said to mean that something happened very quickly and suddenly. Interesting. Let me see if there's more versions. Before you could say, Bob's your uncle. Isn't oh. that one? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, I found it on Google. Bob's your uncle is a way of saying you're all set or you got it made. It's a catchphrase dating back to 1887. Hmm. But it's not before you could say Bob's your uncle. You just say Bob's your uncle. Uh Like just this is the example. Just complete the form, pay the fee, and Bob's your uncle. (laughs) (laughs) This question, why do Australians say Bob's your uncle? It's an exclamation when you're sort of presenting someone with something or you're trying to say that something is very easy and quick to sort of do, right? Wow, did someone write that? And were they Australian? That was so weird. Probably Bob's your uncle and it's done. It's that easy. Well, there we go. We all learned something new today. Before you could say Bob's your uncle. (laughs) Before you could say Tinder and Flint, we'll get through this episode. (laughs) Oh, oh, geez. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought Bilbo finally did something, you know. He, you know, finally alerted Gandalf that they were getting kidnapped by a goblin. So, yeah. good job, Bilbo. Points for Bilbo. And they were all grabbed and carried except for Gandalf. Mm-hmm. Of course. Because he's a wizard. Because he's a wizard, but also, like, of course Gandalf would be on the other side of the freaking wall. Yeah. Then where does he go? He just disappears while they Once all worry about it. Again. <laughs> Once again, Gandalf, you're just missing all the action here. Um, I did think it was kind of like funny slash sad that Bilbo said that he was more unhappy, uh, even though when the trolls had picked him up by his toes. And I was like, yeah, to be honest, this is this is worse. Like, definitely worse than the trolls for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And this is scary because he's probably never seen a goblin before. And um, it's in the dark and like scary time. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? <laughs> scary, scary time. time. Um, I did love the <laughs> sentence on our page 60 about halfway down when it says the passages 
there were crossed and tangled in all directions, but the goblins knew their way as well as you do to the nearest post office. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, everyone probably does know their way to their nearest post office. And I just thought that was that was such a little clever tie back to like, hey, remember I'm telling you this story. Yeah, that is cute. I did not catch that. So yeah, that is really cute. And then, Kelsey, it's time for another song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you think this one was a bop? No. <laughs> I love how at the end it's like, it sounded truly terrifying. And it did. On the audiobook, they had this, like, really weird harmony thing that was really ugly <laughs> on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just creepy. I yeah, and I I'm not sure if that's the song that they use in the movie or not because the song is in the movie. Oh, um, it is. Yeah, it's very strange though. I won't say more than that. There's so okay. many things I want to reference the movie about. Oh no! And Watch, I'm just like, did I they turn wait. this movie into wait. a musical? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? I do like how many times they use the word bleat when singing and talking <laughs> about this song because it just makes me think of goats. <laughs> How does the goat sound, Kelsey? No, we're not doing that this time. No, no, no. (laughs) The owl was enough. And you know what? I never actually Googled what a screech owl sounds like. I didn't either. (laughs) I'm still so curious. Yeah. But yeah, this song was definitely interesting. um, Sounded kind of like their version of (laughs) (laughs) hi-ho. Splash, smash. (laughs) Yammer and bleat. (laughs) Yeah. It's off to work we go. <laughs> off to Wait. kill some dwarves. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, no, this all sounds very terrifying. Honestly, when they say that they're running a wa- oh, when they say that they're running along and getting whipped, uh, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, this that is like really escalated terrifying. it. Yeah, escalated mm-hmm. it for sure. And there's a line uh, about halfway through page sixty one when um on the audiobook when he was reading it. It's, this is how he read it. It was lit by a great red fire in the middle and by torches along the walls. Dramatic pause. And it was full of goblins. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> he didn't say dramatic this is pause, it, obviously. People. Yes, there was a, like a huge pause. And the way that he read that, I like got chills. I was like, oh my God. It's like when you like light up a cave and you see like all the bats or something. Yeah. Not that you or I have ever done that, but you know what I mean from like a yeah. movie. <laughs> oh, totally. I actually like that. Um, what would that be? A metaphor? Analogy? Simile? Analogy? Analogy? I don't know. I'm not I an don't know. It's teacher. been a long time I since I took English people. Metaphor <laughs> is saying like or as, right? I think so. Like as blank as, but an analogy is like saying something is something else. I don't know. Don't actually. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I feel very dumb right now, but it's fine. An analogy is when you use an example of something else to relate to what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. So analogy. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is where I wrote, because they said, I am afraid that was the last they ever saw of those excellent little po- ponies, including a jolly, sturdy little white fellow that Elrond had lent to Gandalf. <laughs> For goblins eat horses and ponies and donkeys. And that's where I wrote, well, definitely not shadow fags. <laughs> and we're never going to know who it was. So whoops. Aww. Bye horsies. Oh, I, I actually wrote bye horsies with a, <laughs> with a frowny face. 
I wrote, OMG, no, the ponies. <laughs> oh, it's so sad. So can I ask a maybe very stupid question? Of course. These goblins mm-hmm. are the same type of goblins that we have seen in Lord of the Rings? Not a stupid question because that has been asked many times. Okay. Um, and now I'm trying to remember the answer. I want to say goblins and orcs are different. They are, but are all the creatures we saw in Lord of the Rings orcs? Because I feel like some of them were goblins or orcs used to be goblins. We've been through this. Right? Okay. I think we? we had been through this, but I think orcs used to be goblins, but then they were like bred to be orcs. Yeah. And like, and then then the orcs became Yurikai when they were like buried under the mud or whatever. Whatever the yeah. fuck happened there. <laughs> I'm going to censor this episode. <laughs> What's the difference between orcs and goblins? Oh, there is no difference between orcs and goblins. They are the same. Uruk means orc. What? Well, because here's the thing. the One of the swords is named with the word orc in it. So I was like, okay, so that's already a thing. Orcrist. Uh-huh. Otherwise known as the goblin, goblin cleaver or whatever. So goblins are orcs. Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm reading this whole thing. Trying to it's read it okay. I pictured the orcs that we see in Lord of the Rings that have like sharper, thinner features. I pictured them as goblins. And I don't know if that's real or not. But. Okay, yeah. So they are basically like the same. Fa- it's like different families, you know? <laughs> okay. So... Orcs and goblins are essentially the same thing. So, yes, they do look more like, not like Urukai, but like orcs. Okay. Yes. Okay. That is what I've gathered from my Which is like not very satisfying of an answer, but thank you so much for looking that up. <laughs> You're welcome. You know, I want more of a story there, but it's I fine. mean, there is, but like, I don't know how much time we want to spend on that. That's true. That's true. Well, we got to keep moving. Yeah. And then I just uh, thought it was interesting talking about the goblins um, how Tolkien says that it was not unlikely that they invented some of the machines that have since troubled the world, especially the ingenious devices for killing large numbers of, pe- numbers of people at once. For wheels and engines and explosions always delighted them. And, you know, he continues on that. I just thought it was interesting that he is kind of tying in the goblins as if they are part of our history. Like, they're the ones who introduced the bad things into the world. Mm-hmm. Um and then it also got me thinking about how Tolkien, you know, fought in World War One. He lived through World War Two, And just how, you know, I don't know. Sometimes people have said that that influences his writing. You know, people have said uh, that there are other parts of the story that tie into the wars that he lived through. And this is just one of those things that made me think of that. Like, I don't know. Goblins are like the evil bad guys who caused all of these great wars and created all of these awful things so that's a good connection to make i mean i kind of thought of it as like oh they probably created a lot of the things that we see in lord of the rings like a lot of the weapons and catapulty things and all that kind of stuff and it made me think of um like saruman's lair i guess where all the yurikai are like working Mm -hmm. and building and doing all that stuff and it made me think of that yeah i mean that's probably what he was talking about but i got all no, but <laughs> I, I like to relate both. it to I, real life. I like your perspective, Lindsay. Oh, thank you. 
Um, I love also at this point, I was like, also, where the heck is Gandalf? Of course he's not here for all of this. Again, I know we kind of touched on it earlier, but like, no sign of Gandalf. I think Bilbo even says, is like, <laughs> like, where is he? I know. Yeah, he just dips out once again, waits for his opportune moment. <laughs> so then they get brought to the like great goblin, which I assume is like a larger, scarier ruler of the goblins, a leader of the goblins. And um, I like that they are, when they are kind of questioning Thorin a little bit, um, I like when the great goblin says, but let's have the truth or I will prepare something particularly uncomfortable for you. And I don't know why I like that sentence, but I think it's because I want to use it at work when, um, when people say stupid things. <laughs> like the story I shared with you the other day or earlier, Lindsay, like I just want to say to people, say that again and I will be preparing something particularly uncomfortable for you. <laughs> That sounds like it's so much nicer, though, probably, that, like, what is present day particularly uncomfortable? Because I definitely immediately pictured, like, torture. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> I mean, same here, so I don't know. A slap in the face. Is that too soon? Making an Oscars reference. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Ow, I just hit my elbow. If that's what you get. No, I'm kidding. I know. Sorry. I'm kidding. Oh, man. Anyways, yeah. I just like that comeback. Yeah, like, you better be comeback. careful or I am going to prepare something particularly uncomfortable for you. It's also fun to say there's a lot of consonants. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. <laughs> Gonna have to file that away for when I want to feel extra sassy. Yeah. <laughs> I did also write down because then Thorin kind of like bumbles through a response. Like, he doesn't want to tell the truth about where they're going. So he's like, we're visiting some cousins i don't know going through here going through the cave um and i just wrote thorin doesn't stand a chance against these guys <laughs> not a very good liar no come on thorin you didn't think about your fake story before going on this adventure like you knew you were going to come across people that i just think he maybe know. wasn't expecting it right now he was like woken <laughs> up in the middle of the night <laughs> that's true he is surrounded by scary goblins cut him some cave. slack Lindsay. no thorin be better <laughs> i'm just surprised that it was thorin that came up with that lie and that someone else didn't jet in or like butt in and say like oh actually we're doing this and like back him up everyone's just yeah. silent well like, they are mm. surrounded by goblins and whips kelsey <laughs> as you just said okay <laughs> I'm starting to feel particularly uncomfortable right now. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, well, yeah, and then the goblins are like, hey, these people are lying because several of our people were struck by lightning and now they're dead. So what are you going to do about it, great goblin? <laughs> then he's really upset. <laughs> I read the next sentence and it said he gave a truly awful howl of rage and it felt like the book answered my question. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm just giggling because I just want to be like, (laughs) what are you going to do about it, great goblin? (laughs) Like, I also want to say that at work when someone is like harassing me. (laughs) What are you going to do about it, great goblin? Yeah, come on, great goblin. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, no. Oh, dear. It's late on well, a Friday night, people. <laughs> I know. So after the Great Goblin gets all mad, it's because he they see their swords, right? Which were, like, from the war that we already heard so much about in other chapters, as Tolkien said. Um, but I just wrote that the Great Goblin is so dramatic. Like, he's so <laughs> dramatic. He says... Um, murderers and elf friends the great goblin shouted slash them beat them bite them gnash them take them away to dark holes full of snakes <laughs> i'm like whoa 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 this escalated so quickly does he just have pits of snakes like in the caves ready for intruders that is what he meant when he said he was gonna make something particularly <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> that was it <laughs> I would be very uncomfortable in that situation. Yeah, he's just so dramatic. I know. And then we have our other drama king come in because Finally. it says just at that moment, all the lights in the cavern went out and the great fire went out with a poof into a tower of blue glowing smoke right up to the roof that scattered piercing white sparks all among the goblins. And Gandalf is here to save the day. Just at the right moment, once again. Once again. <laughs> or, I don't know, it's debatable if it's the right moment, but, you know, he sure did wait. <laughs> I know. I'm like, so what did you do to get in here, and why did it take so long? Although I also... <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Spinoff number three, what is Gandalf doing? <laughs> All the times that he disappears. <laughs> Could be its own, um, like, TV show. Yeah. Just all the things that Gandalf does when he's not there. <laughs> Smoking some pipe weed, drinking I know. Ale. Well, I assume that it was difficult to get back into the crack that, like, sealed off. I'm sure. Yeah. We need to give sure. Gandalf some slack. I guess, but why did he not go in? Why did he not follow them? Anyway. He probably okay. did. He probably was, like, sneaking behind them the whole time. I, that's, I'm Well, imagine. no, because Bilbo says... The crack sealed or whatever, and we were on the wrong side of it and without um, Gandalf. Oh, yeah. So maybe he had to figure out exactly what password to say. <laughs> Which he's not very good at doing, so. Exactly. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. And then they go running off. Um, basically, they pull out a sword. Oh. Whoa, I... It says, I didn't realize this, that they kill the great goblin? Yes, Lindsay. <laughs> why did I? I don't know why I'm shocked by that right now. It's like I haven't read this a million times. Um, yeah, they kill the great goblin. Damn. What page okay. is that? The bottom of page 64. Oh, oh, oh. He fell dead and the goblin soldiers fled before the sword, the sword shrieking into the darkness. <laughs> Yeah, that's why they all start running away because they mm -hmm. killed the Goblin King. Yeah. Down, down, down in Goblin Town. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, that was so good. Did you just make that up? <laughs> down, down, down in Goblin Town. <laughs> I think it's part of the song in the movie, I want to say, but I don't know. So nonchalant. <laughs> down, down, down in Goblin Town. That's right. Wait, is it? I'm going to go back to the song here. Shit's hitting the fan. Down, down, down in it's, Goblin Town. Yeah. You know, as they say, <laughs> Bob's your uncle in Goblin Town. 
Oh no, I'm so sorry. Woo. That was to the <laughs> listeners. Okay. Okay, we gotta keep moving. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> so they go running. <laughs> Lick it. <laughs> they go running. And what uh, you can say, Tinder and Flint, they're off. <laughs> <laughs> I did like where it says, um, that sent them on faster than ever. Dwarves can roll along at a tremendous pace. I can tell you when they have to. I just pictured trolls like throwing themselves and just <laughs> rolling. <laughs> but only going fast when they have to, which uh-huh. I kind of relate to. Uh, yeah, that makes me think of Gimli. You know, when he says like dwarves are excellent sprinters. I was like, aw. <laughs> um but I do have to say that there are points for Dory here, you know, for trying to, you know, figure out who our favorite dwarf is throughout mm-hmm. this whole, you know, experience. And Dory pauses for a minute to pick up Bilbo because he knows that Bilbo's not going to be able to keep up. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, Dory. I know. I need to keep like a spreadsheet of like when dwarves get points. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, my God. I should keep a spreadsheet. <gasps> you should keep a spreadsheet. We can I decide how this. many points different tasks are worth. Oh, yeah. Like, is carrying Bilbo while you're being chased by goblins worth more points than giving like someone your cloak? Yeah, like, maybe that's two points. Yeah. Seems fair. Oh, this is happening. I'm so I excited. I can't wait. I, I will leave that to you, but I'm so excited to see it. Thank you. You're welcome. I love that... As this chapter is like starting to come to an end, I feel like it's been said once every single chapter, if not more than that, Bilbo will say at least once that he misses his hobbit hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, it just makes it so relatable. I know we say it every single episode, but I love how he says, why, oh, why did I ever leave my hobbit hole? Uh, said poor Mr. Baggins bumping up and down on Bomber's back. And then it says, why, oh, why did I ever bring a wretched little hobbit on a treasure hunt, said poor Bomber, who was fat and staggered along. (laughs) I just thought it was so funny. Yeah. So I had a question. Mm -hmm. So the swords are glowing just like Frodo's did when the orcs were nearby. Is that what they're doing? Yeah. Okay. Because they're elvish swords, so elvish swords glow blue. Okay. Because they've, like, talked about it a little bit, but not, like, Fully. Yeah. I mean, I did make, I did write at one point, you know, <laughs> lucky they got those swords. Why are all my comments so, like, snarky? Because <laughs> it's just what this book does to you. I guess so. Um, But no, they really are lucky, honestly, that they came across those trolls and that they were able to find their treasure and get those swords. Because I feel like that this would have gone very differently if they didn't have their plus one magic items. <laughs> I agree. I know that was a D&D reference, but I still understand it. I love it. Also, so at the end when the goblins are like, um, the goblins, it says they put out their torches and they slipped on soft shoes. And I don't know why. (laughs) When I think of soft shoes, I can only think of like dancing. And I think of like jazz shoes. (laughs) Like they're just (laughs) slipping on like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> put on my tiny ballet flats <laughs> or my little jatches and they're like <laughs> like the Grinch like yeah like oh my god yeah through the house and I just thought it was so funny like 
I don't know why. I just thought it was so hilarious. Can someone and, um, with good Photoshop skills please like Photoshop <laughs> goblins like <laughs> with little like ballet and jazz shoes on? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm picturing. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Also, at this part, if you're listening to the audiobook, um, this entire time, like when they're all there's chaos happening, there's a lot of background noise and like the goblins are making noises and you hear their footsteps running and it's like chaotic. But when it starts getting quieter and when the goblins are slipping into their soft shoes, all of that background noise like stops and it gets super intense because it's just super silent and the narrator is just talking differently and it just gets so intense. And I just love, 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 love how much more of the story you get when you listen to the audiobook. Yeah, I, I do remember that now that you're saying that. I remember it got really creepy. It was like, ooh, like, ooh, what's about to happen here? And then, if I may, unless you would like to, close us out with the last sentence of this chapter. Go ahead, Lindsay. Okay. Quite suddenly, Dory, now at the back again carrying Bilbo, was grabbed from behind in the dark. He shouted and fell, and the hobbit rolled off his shoulders into the blackness, bumped his head on a hard rock, and remembered nothing more. And then I just wrote, the suspense! (laughs) (laughs) I know. I was like, I did not expect this chapter to end in like a cliffhanger. I know. And I'm so intrigued. This is like probably the first time where I was like, I just want to keep reading. (laughs) And then I was like, no, I don't want to know what happens while we record. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I guess that is kind of the hard part about reading it for the first time in this way because you can't just like, oh, I'm just going to keep reading. Because I remember, I remember this chapter and the next one so clearly when I first Mm -hmm. read it because I remember I was in bed and it was like late at night. And remember, I'm like 11. Right. Um, And I was just like, I just have to keep reading. Like, (laughs) I have to stay up late. And so I remember staying up like, I don't know how late it actually was. It was probably like nine o'clock. But right. In my mind, staying up really late to read the next chapter. I know. Like, I, I'm i excited to keep reading, obviously. But I did want to say I love that it almost gives you a sense of foreshadowing of, like, he remembered nothing more. So, like, we know he's fine because he told us this story. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, he bumped his head on hard rock and like passed out or like whatever but like remembering nothing after that implies that he in fact lives to tell the tale which of course we know that he does because <laughs> lord of the rings but i did like the way it was written yeah like you don't actually think he's like dead like this isn't game of thrones with john snow you know what i'm talking about oh my god <laughs> oh my god i forgot about all of that <laughs> i remember that because i was reading the books and that's where the books end. Like, the book ends Lindsay. with oh. Jon Snow on it. Sorry, Game of Thrones spoilers. Um, with Jon Snow being stabbed. And then I was watching the TV show. And then he gets stabbed. And I was like, I literally ran into my roommate's room. I was like, does Jon Snow die? And she was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, people that were watching it live had to wait an entire season break to figure out if he died. Man. I... 
was binging it, so I did not have to do that. Yeah, I also was binging it, so then I ran back in my room and, and watched it again. But I just am curious. I mean, I'm assuming the show follows, like, somewhat what's planned for the books, but I am curious if it's going to go down the same way in the books because we don't know yet. We have no idea. Oh, well, that was chapter four. Yay, Overhill and Underhill. I also like that um, this chapter, I don't know if you remember this, Kelsey, but when Frodo um, starts his adventure and he goes to the village of Bree, he introduces himself as Mr. Underhill, which is a play on words for him to live under a hill, you know, in the Shire. But I also like that it's here, and I don't know if Tolkien did that intentionally, but... well. Don't they say that Bilbo lives, like, where he lives is called Overhill or Underhill or something like that? It's called Bag End. Bag End, but, like, they've used that word before. Why is this chapter even called Overhill and Underhill? Because they go over the hill and they go under the hill. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Is that really what it is? (laughs) Yeah. They go over a hill and then they go into a cave? Yeah. Oh. (laughs) I just anticipated it more like a mountain edge, not like a hill. I mean, it is a mountain, I think. They are in the mountains. Thank you all so much for listening. Lindsay, do you have anything else to add? No, just that I'm so excited for the next chapter because I haven't said this yet, but this chapter coming up is... Is your favorite? My favorite. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. The pressure is on. I know. So excited. And don't forget, everybody, to submit your questions and comments if you're reading along or just in general, um, because we would love to incorporate your thoughts and ideas into our conversation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess with that, we will see you all next week. Thanks, as always, for listening. And uh, hope you enjoy reading Chapter 5, Riddles in the Dark. You've been listening to Hobbits at Heart. If you enjoy our podcast, please share, rate, and subscribe. And for exclusive content, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Hobbits at Heart Podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye!